CBS Fox Video presents a collector's preview. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace before the dark times. Before the Empire. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. The saga begins. The adventure continues in The Empire Strikes Back. The battle for freedom rages on in Return of the Jedi. Collect the complete Star Wars trilogy one by one in their attractive new packages or in this collectible gift pack. But don't stop there. From Star Wars to Jedi, the fascinating saga behind the saga will make your video library complete. They're unlike anything in our galaxy. Points is Jason. And this is Gabe. And this week we're talking all about the history of Star Wars on video. You can't have Star Wars without home video releases. It's like it's not a real Star Wars movie until you watch it on your TV at home. So it's always, it seems like it's always been hand in hand, but there was a time way, way back when that wasn't a thing yet. The timing of Star Wars and video, like home video, is unique because the like the rise of people having VCRs in their home was all right around when it's almost like it was invented so people could watch Star Wars at home because people couldn't stop watching Star Wars. (laughs) That's true. Well, to the point where during the VHS era, Star Wars and being on video was so hand in hand that it felt like the DVDs didn't really weren't a real thing until late, late in their life when Star Wars finally came out on DVD. Like, everyone was waiting forever. Like, well, when's Star Wars going to be on DVD? Because that's what Star Wars is for, to come out on new home video technologies. If you have something you can watch a movie at home and you don't have Star Wars on it, it's like, well, then what's the point? Why do we even have this thing? What are all these movies are just things killing time until I get some Star Wars going on this thing. 
Yeah, someday we're going to have our little crystals that you shove up your nose and then you can watch Star Wars in your brain. And no one's going to buy those crystals until they can watch all the Star Wars movies. It's never been enough just to see it in the theater. like, And it's never been enough like for Star Wars just to play once in the theater. Like, you know, back in the old days, we all know that like movies didn't play for the short amount of time that they play now in theaters. Like a movie would play at a theater for an entire year. Like I remember seeing an old newspaper ad from like 1982 where some theater like in New York or something was like, we've been playing Raiders of the Lost Ark for over a year and we're still bringing in huge crowds. And I was like, man, that's a theater I want to go to. But that's the thing. Like there wasn't like if a theater just was making money on a movie, they could just play it for as long as they wanted. And Star Wars was re-released every year all the way up until Empire came out. And then even after Empire, Star Wars kept getting coming out and then Empire would be re-released and, People couldn't stop watching the Star Wars. <laughs> no. And then that all, like you said, kind of leads up to Return of the Jedi is done. And just a few years after that, VCRs start to come down in price a little bit. I'm trying to think when when did you get your first VCR? Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing that VCRs in the early 80s were about $1,500. And if you adjust that... For like today's prices, it's about five thousand dollars, and tapes were like a hundred dollars a pop. The first tape, the first movie that was priced at like a sell affordable price for like nineteen ninety nine or something like that was Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Weirdly, it was like the first like, hey, you can buy this movie brand new, and watch it at home. But yeah, I when did we get our first VCR? It had to have been. The mid 80s, I think, because I remember we got Ghostbusters, The Empire Strikes Back and Somewhere in Time were the three movies that we had. But then we got a bunch of blank tapes and we had HBO and we were just like, let's record everything off HBO. Like, how about you? When when did you when do you first remember getting a VCR? We got one. I know my grandparents got one first. Because for some reason, my grandfather was like really intrigued by VCR technology. But I think we got one, yeah, but I want to say like mid to late 80s, 86, 85, maybe. And I don't think we ever owned any movies until much, much later. But I had an aunt who had a VCR, and I think she had a neighbor who had a video camera or their video store would rent the video camera so they would rent the video camera and then hook it up to the vcr and then just copy everything from the video store so i I think that was my first copy of star wars was a copy from her from the video store that they copied using the rental camcorder to hook up to their vcr at home we had a lot of copies of of movies i think don't tell don't tell the police <laughs> the FBI are gonna come get you yeah. we know you've got that copy of Robocop <laughs> time cops gonna come back in time and get me <laughs> you're under arrest for the 80s well I think my first version of Star Wars and New Hope I think was probably recorded off HBO so I remember we always owned Empire but I think a New Hope was like an HBO deal <laughs> you had a classy household where <laughs> you had it like in a glass case. 
And then over time, Star Wars, and we'll go over this, kept coming out over and over and over again, just like it did for theatrical release. And for so many people, these physical like tapes or DVDs or whatever of the Star Wars movies, it's like that's that's theirs, and they you can touch it. And it's like that's the way they would watch the movies over and over and over again. I think sometimes it gets lost, like how special, like these editions, these just little tapes were to Star Wars fans. This is their, you know, their first step into a larger world, you know? Yeah, well, going from a movie being something that you, you know, you get in a car, you get on the bus, you walk down the street, and you go to a place and you give them money and you watch it, and it's kind of an event to, being something that you can hold in your hand or you can put in your backpack and go to your friend's house. It is almost like you own this, you have like, you have the magic in your little bottle that you can bring around and, and cast spells on people. Cause it's something that you could bring with you. And yeah, you don't, you can watch it whenever you want. You can watch it wherever you want. You can just look at the box. You can put it on your shelf and just know that you have it in case something happens. So, uh, I've got Last Jedi in case everything in case the world falls apart. I've, I can still put in Last Jedi. Hopefully, we have electricity. Yeah. Well, if not, I can just look at the disc and imagine the movie playing. <laughs> I can see all the pictures and the reflections on the disc. I can hug my friends, my Star Wars movies friends. Yeah. <laughs> They've become one of the hottest items of the 80s. And forecasters say that by the end of the year, one out of every four homes in the U.S. will have a VCR. Is it a fad or for real? It's for real. It's going to be around for a while. It's not like the CB radio. All this competition may be great for the VCR industry, but it is starting to scare some others. Specifically, the pay television industry like HBO and Cinemax are starting to feel the effects. And so are the movie theaters. Some have been forced out of business as a result of all the VCR viewership. So if you're still wondering whether this is a fad or for real, you might consider what they said about television. So let's go through some of the history and what, you know, what was the very first version of star wars people could watch at home the result may be surprising because the very first version of star wars people could watch at home was the kenner movie viewer i don't know how many people remember the kenner movie viewer but basically what it was was this like hand cranked projector that you would just put up to your eye and you could buy like these red cassette tapes. And before Star Wars, Kenner was making like Snoopy cartoons and like Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman. But the Star Wars ones came out in 77 and there were four, no, five tapes that just basically had different scenes from Star Wars, like a little montage, no sound. And you would just put it up to your eye, turn this little crank, and be get your fix. Get your. <laughs> Get your real quick Star Wars fix. And I I had a ton of these. And I remember just sitting in my room watching Jawas carrying R2-D2. And then you could play it in reverse. And you then play it forward. I don't know how many times I would just watch the Kenner movie viewer. Because that's the, 
It's the best you could do. Did you have this, Gabe? Do you remember this? No. I I have never heard of this. I don't think I've ever seen it. I did not have this. So I'm kind of jealous to think you just would you would you bring it to school? Like I just I just gotta go to the bathroom for a second and just get a, get your fix of Jawas before you went back to class. It was too it was too precious. I think <laughs> I think there was like a rule, like don't bring your tapes, your Star Wars tapes to school somebody will steal them i and i remember i would keep my movie viewer on the shelf and every once in a while like literally i'd just be like i just gotta have a fix all right and i turned the little crank okay there was like the death star battle there was like one that was like all the cantina again no sound so like you wouldn't go out like in the alley and like all the cool kids are smoking cigarettes and then you just like getting your fix of the Kenner movie movie viewer for two minutes. Well, that was that was like high school. But do you still have it? I don't think so. I remember because the tapes were like film, and this was nineteen seventy something. And I remember I still had it for a really long time, but it was just film wound in this little plastic case. And I remember after a while, it just started to break. You could you could have made your own suspenders. <laughs> That's true. Finally, you could have beat QVC to the punch by 20 years, but they're out there. There's people that there's people online that are selling these things and I don't know what condition they're in, but you know, it's a, it's, I've never seen it for sale, like celebration or anything. I'm sure Sansweet has like all of them, but, but that was the first, that was 1977. And that, that even said something that that was a very popular item, but that was like the level that people are like, I can't get enough of this movie. I have to watch it with no sound on this hand crank toy. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Well, and also in 77, Ken Films released selected scenes from the original Star Wars on their world famous Super 8 films. And like we like we talked about back in our uh, Empire Strikes Back Super 8, the the Super 8 versions of Star Wars and Empire are absolutely fascinating. They're kind of like the IMAX Attack of the Clones, where they're just just the meat and potatoes cut. No filler, no fluff. How can we cut this story down to a half hour? <laughs> but they did that, like Ken Films did that for like a ton of movies. There's like like a 30-minute version of Star Trek the Motion Picture out there that they put out on <laughs> oh. I know. On on Super 8. Like that was their deal. Like they just put out like these super condensed versions of Hollywood movies and that was a big deal, too. Like, hey, I've got Star Wars. It may be the half-hour version, but I've got Star Wars. It's, it's 30 more minutes of Star Wars than you have in your house. <laughs> so I'll take what I can get. 77, you could combine that with your Kenner movie viewer, and you're watching the whole movie. Your own uh, fan edit of the movie. Edit them, um, I, I edit them all together. So then fast forward to 1979, and 20th Century Fox releases the wonderful making of star wars tv special on vhs and betamax which that you could get your fix because that does have scenes from the original star wars that you can watch at home and that whole special is amazing anyways that's you get george lucas sitting in the big chair with a rocket ship on his desk and another giant rocket ship behind him filled with gumballs so (laughs) halfway filled with gumballs to don't ask. It was always half empty. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> There's like B-roll footage of Lucas in between interviews just blowing bubbles. <laughs> Chewing. I'm working on some, working on some ideas. Keeps, keeps the old brain going. 
And then in 1981, we get the world-famous Empire Strikes Back Super 8, which I said we did a whole episode on it. I can't remember what the number was. So then finally, in May 1982, we get the very first home video release of Star Wars. 20th Century Fox Video put it out. The opening crawl said Episode 4, A New Hope. This is, we're talking VHS, we're talking Betamax, we're talking Laserdisc, we're talking video disc. And the sound on this was the 35 millimeter mix, which is interesting. So, like the original stereo and mono versions of A New Hope that a lot of people saw in the theater in 1977, never on video ever. Trainer, was a 35 millimeter mix, was that the stereo mix? That was a mono mix, right? I want to say it was like a combination of like the foreign mix. I don't know. That was another one we did a whole episode on, and I'm still confused on what everything was. I don't think VCRs were stereo at first, were they? I don't. Well, that would make sense that I think the 35 millimeter mix was a variation of the mono mix, if I remember right. Because you can always tell with the Baru voice, but we're going down a hole. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time for the Baru voice. We got to keep going. <laughs> There's a lot of Star Wars on video. <laughs> we all, there's always time for the Baru voice, but not, not today. <laughs> yeah. So also around this time in 1982, there was Star Wars on pay-per-view. Which pay-per-view, it was, a, it was a thing. Not a whole lot of people were doing it. But you could watch Star Wars on pay-per-view in 1982. And this is how a lot of people recorded it themselves on blank videotapes. Which leads us to our next major Star Wars event, Winter 1983, Star Wars premieres on HBO. The story that was a billion years in the making of a boy, a girl, and a universe. One of the most dazzling entertainments of all time, Star Wars Next. HBO has changed its schedule to bring you a special sneak preview of the movie worth staying up for. Be watching Monday night at 1, midnight central time for Star Wars. Which I guess there was a whole thing that HBO was thinking it was going to be like this huge release, like this big popular movie, but the ratings weren't even that great for it. It's like how everybody pirated Game of Thrones and didn't actually get HBO. Everybody didn't get Star Wars. They just recorded it from HBO. <laughs> it's always HBO causing people to get crazy. But, the, you know, a lot of people, just like the pay-per-view, recorded it off HBO. And for a lot of people, that was their Star Wars, was a blank videotape with a little sticker on the side. Somebody writes, Star Wars. And afterwards is episodes of 5,000 Hour Pyramid and Mickey and Maud, the second half. That's that's what I had. <laughs> Star Wars written cr- crudely in Sharpie on a white sticker. <laughs> Some episodes of the monkeys afterwards or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so 1984. February 26, 1984. CBS airs A New Hope from 8 to 11 p.m., including a 22-minute making-of documentary. Coming soon. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, C-3PO, and R2-D2. They're coming to CBS in the heroic motion picture that started it all. George Lucas's fantastic. 
Supposedly, it didn't do well. It was up against a miniseries called Lace. <laughs> I, I don't know, but supposedly Lace was the big ra- uh, ratings winner. And CBS, much like HBO, really thought they were going to have a major network event with Star Wars. And CBS had to give money back to its advertisers because they were promising that Star Wars was going to be this thing. And... Oh, wow. Well, maybe everyone had seen Star Wars at that point, and not everyone had seen Lace. <laughs> well, and this is this is 84. Jedi had come and gone, and it's like, Star Wars is done. It's dead. No one likes that crap. Also, 84, CBS Fox releases The Empire Strikes Back on VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, Videodisc, November 84. Which, like, that would make sense, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode. That was right around, I feel like, probably when we got our VCR. That would make sense that we got only Empire. Yeah. Okay, so 1985, Star Wars is re-released on VHS with an improved audio mix. 1986, Return of the Jedi finally comes out on VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, Videodisc. V2000 tape cassettes. That's February 86. Also in 1986 in Japan, the first widescreen versions of the Star Wars movies come out on Laserdisc as part of the special collection brand. And also for these was a, another new sound mix that created by Ben Burt that that stayed in place for all the future home video releases through 1993. So if you wanted to watch the Star Wars movies in widescreen, you had to have a friend in Japan or be in Japan. So 1987, November 22nd, NBC airs The Empire Strikes Back on national television, which features one of the greatest openings of any TV event ever. Tonight, a network television premiere on NBC. intergalactic broadcast your planet and thousands like it are witnessing the glorious victory of the galactic empire tonight we will finally crush luke skywalker and his rebel alliance this time there will be no escape from the dark side of the force when the empire strikes back if only every show started that way. So 87, also the, the the Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, come out in widescreen on Laserdisc in Japan. 88, Droids and Ewoks come out on VHS, finally. <laughs> and also in 88, uh, CBS Fox releases uh, PAL-formatted VHS tapes for Europe and Australia. 1989, NBC airs Return of the Jedi on Sunday, March 19th. And that's the thing, like, when NBC aired uh, The Empire Strikes Back also, all these Star Wars movies got horrible ratings. Just late 80s, nobody cared. There was Star Tours opening up. Still, everyone's just like, Star Wars, whatever. Everybody paid too much attention to the, the one commercial where it says it's strictly big, big screen stuff. 
<laughs> and, they, and they just remembered that. Oh, this is strictly big screen stuff. I can't watch this on my TV. So this is really crazy. Also in 1989, the original version, so they say, of Star Wars and Return of the Jedi are released in anamorphic widescreen on Super 8 by Dur- Duran Film Services. Yeah, where are those? Can you imagine 1989 going to somebody's house? Hey, it came in. My dad's got widescreen Star Wars on Super 8. We're playing it in the garage on Friday night. But did, do you think they had audio? It probably didn't have audio, though. It's good enough. I'm just going to watch the whole movie with no sound. I wouldn't care. No. Just play the soundtrack record. Good enough. Yeah. That would, you know, that would be something really good for celebration. Play the Star Wars movie with no sound and just have people take turns going up and just doing all the audio. Because you all know it back and forth. Have some people doing the lines and some people doing the sound effects. (laughs) Other people singing the music. Next level. Yeah. So also this time, a major event, 1989. Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back received their first U.S. region widescreen Laserdisc releases. Widescreen. They'd come out on Laserdisc before, but they were like pan and scan. Who needs that? If you got a Laserdisc player, you want some widescreen action. I still remember, this was later, a few years after that, I think, when I finally saw those Laserdiscs, the widescreen. I think we that was... You hadn't seen them before we, because we had my friend Chuck brought them over, right? Yes. This is this is a very good story. Yes. I don't even I don't remember anything in the story other than him bringing his laserdisc player and the laserdiscs over, us hooking it up to the TV, and our minds melting seeing it in widescreen and real colors. I think C3PO almost gave me a heart attack. I was getting we. This is when we lived together. I was getting ready to go to school in the morning. You were on the couch, and I was about to walk out the door with like my tackle box for art school. And you were like, "Oh man, you're leaving!" I was just about to watch Empire Strikes Back widescreen, and I didn't even know you had these the, the Empire laser disc. And I was like, "What?" And I was, you were just like, here, just take a look at it. And you played like the Hoth scenes. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And it was like early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And I remember there was too much sunlight coming in. So we were like, we had the genius idea, let's cover the windows in newspaper. <laughs> we had to cover all of them. <laughs> so we covered all the windows in our entire apartment with newspaper. <laughs> So we could watch The Empire Strikes Back in widescreen in its optimal setting. And I remember watching it, and it was just like, oh, my God, this looks incredible. Yeah, well, after only only seeing the VHSs for so long, the lay is so crisp, so clear. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And I think at the time we had a third roommate who we didn't like. And I think at some point in us watching The Empire Strikes Back, and this person also really didn't like us. (laughs) That person like came into the house, and we we have all the new, all the windows covered in newspaper, and it's like ten thirty in the morning, and we're just sitting there watching The Empire Strikes Back. Didn't they just walk in, see us, and then turn around and, and leave? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what happened. And we were just like, "Don't, it's <laughs> serious." Yeah, can't you tell we're busy? <laughs> so thank you, thank you, laser just release. There was some controversy, I guess, with the laser disc where the the film was sped up by three percent on a on one disc, and there one part where 
Leia was welding, was missing some seconds or something. I don't know. I think the speeding up thing, though, is it's almost like with the IMAX movie where Laserdiscs could only fit so much. So they would subtly speed them up to fit. They would do that with the TV broadcast, too, sometimes because they'd have to cram it into like exactly two hours or whatever time frame with the commercials they had to squeeze them into. So moving on to 1990, Return of the Jedi comes out in widescreen. And the Ewok movies are finally released on VHS and Laserdisc individually. I don't think I've ever seen the Laserdiscs for those in person, let alone actually seen, like watched the Ewok movies on Laserdisc. Did you ever watch them or even know they existed at the time? Laserdiscs at that time were always a mystery to me. I remember going to like video stores and seeing them and being like, well, Laserdiscs were so cool because they they had bonus features before there was like DVDs. And I remember like Criterion Laserdiscs being like, wait, so you get like making of stuff on there too? Like, well, how much is a Laserdisc player? Man, I was always so jealous of people that had Laserdiscs. But no, I never saw the Ewok movies on Laserdiscs. Where are they now? Somebody's got them, right? Yeah, they're in the stack with the Phantom Menace Laserdisc in somebody's dream room. Come, come into my dream room. <laughs> look at my look at my Ewok film Laserdisc. <laughs> Don't touch them. Close your eyes. You can see the film in your mind. They must never be opened. Also around this time, the droids and Ewoks cartoons get VHS releases. They put out like every single droids and Ewoks cartoon on VHS, which... I never bought. We weren't cool enough back then to realize what we were missing. <laughs> Go back in time and yell at my younger self. What are you doing? It's right there on these tapes. Shut up, old man. <laughs> I don't play by your rules. Yeah. All right. So moving on to 1992. This is a really big one. The original trilogy is released on VHS in letterbox format in the letterbox collector's edition. The transfers were from the the Laserdisc version, the set included from Star Wars to Jedi, an abridged version of the George Lucas book, The Creative Impulse. And this is about the time, I feel like, in 92, the early 90s, when like widescreen letterbox movies started to become a thing. I always remember a Siskel and Ebert special where they were just fighting mad that movies came out on like home video, like cropped and they showed like the difference of what movies looked like in the theater versus what they looked like on video and that how people shouldn't complain about the black bars and the top and bottom of the screen. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And I remember watching that as a kid and being like, what? I'm living a lie. My whole, my whole life has been a joke. It's like you got pulled out of the matrix and you realized what the world really was. <laughs> Morpheus stand. Welcome to the real world. Steven Spielberg is not only the most successful director in the history of motion pictures, but one of the most perfectionist. He oversees every detail of his movies, and he's especially obsessed with the quality of their transfer to home video. So that's why Spielberg has been engaging in a tug-of-war with Paramount Pictures recently and with the nation's video retail dealers. 
The subject is the upcoming release of his enormous hit film, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's expected to be one of the all-time home video bestsellers, but when Spielberg requested it be released in the widescreen or letterbox format, Paramount says there's still widespread consumer resistance to letterboxing from people who don't like those black bands at the top and the bottom of the screen. Well. Here at Siskel and Ebert, we're in favor of letterboxing because we want to see the movie the way the director originally intended it. The strange paradox about letterboxing is that less is more. The vast majority of people who are going to see this movie are going to see it on VHS tape. Yes. That's what everybody has in right. their home. And Why not give them a choice? to Paramount is they don't give those people a choice. Right. So if you've got VHS, you've got to look at the pan that scan version, and that means you're going to lose out on 40% of Steven Spielberg's original picture. It isn't fair. They ought to have a choice. Well, some film company will eventually do it. Some video company will, and that'll be great. But for like a lot of these like widescreen like presentations, st I feel like st the Star Wars movies were always used as an example. Like, look at what you're missing in all the corners of the frame. And it's funny that later on, and with with Clone Wars, with with especially now that Clone Wars is back and it's on everybody's mind, when Clone Wars was on TV, the first run, it was cropped to sixteen nine to match widescreen TVs. They were all made in 235, which is what they would be on the DVDs and which is what they are now on streaming. But when they originally aired on TV, they were cropped to 16.9 like Rebels. That's why I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I was waiting to see it in its true form. Star Wars could never escape from the widescreen, not widescreen dilemma when it was on TV. So 1993, just the very next year, we had the definitive collection, this Big old box set that weighed 13 pounds, cost $250. This colossal Laserdisc box set with, at the time, the best picture and sound for the original trilogy. And you had, like, the first ever Star Wars bonus features, ever. You had, like, storyboards, production sketches, like, tour of, like, the Lucasfilm archives. There's a ton of interviews with george lucas and like all these ben burt interviews it's all on youtube like you can just search like star wars like laserdisc archive bonus features whatever and it's great because it's early 90s lucas ben burt all these people talking about just the original trilogy do you remember anyone ever having this giant monolith box set it was like i remember it was like the holy grail i remember seeing it in stores like in grand rapids and being like oh I, yeah i remember looking at it in stores and just like lifting it up <laughs> so no i don't think i don't think i've i ever saw that opened in person or watched um, this was 93 this was an all new sound mix by ben burton gary summers that was a combination of a lot of the other original mixes. So moving on to 1995, and this is a big one. This is the what's later became well known as the Faces edition. It was the black boxes with the the Vate, half a Vader face for A New Hope, the Stormtrooper face for Empire, and the Yoda face for Jedi. And this this is interesting because this is in 1995 was when Star Wars fever was really starting to catch on. There was word that the special editions were coming. We were getting closer to the prequels. Like, Insider was starting to come back out. The Power of the Force figures were on shelves. 
and then you had the these faces editions. And this I bought, I remember at Best Buy in Grand Rapids, the widescreen faces box set, which I remember was like it was like a hundred bucks. And it was like everybody stop everything you're doing. I've got all the Star Wars movies in widescreen. For those who remember, for those who will never forget, and for a whole new generation who will experience it for the very first time, the Star Wars Trilogy. Now the entire trilogy digitally mastered by THX for superior sound and picture quality. This is the last time you can own the original version of Star Wars. The original version of Star Wars on video. Buy it before it's gone forever. I'm trying to remember this. If I, I think I bought this set too, because up until this point, I don't think I ever had an official VHS set. Like this might have been the first one that I got, or I just watched yours and I didn't have to buy one yet. I think we each had one, and I think we each had to keep ours in our rooms <laughs> so we didn't get our tapes mixed up for something. Probably. I need to go. Look, I forgot to go look on the shelf and see if that one's there. But I, and then I did eventually. I do have the laserdisc version from that set of all three wow. as well. Even though I don't have a laserdisc player anymore, I still have those. Just for the just to have them. Well, and this set is fairly legendary too for the world famous Leonard Malton George Lucas interviews before each film, which we were so hungry for Star Wars. Leonard Malton is sitting there so excited. He's like, Hello, I'm Leonard Malton. You may know the Star Wars movies. Well, I'm here with George Lucas. And George Lucas is just like sitting there with like a sport coat on. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Hello, I'm Leonard Malton. Star Wars may have started out as a mere movie, but it became a phenomenon. It changed the way movies were made and perceived and marketed. It ushered in a new era of science fiction and fantasy and developed a whole new vocabulary of visual special effects. And the man who created the film, who imagined it and then realized it, is here with us today to share some of his memories, George Lucas. George, if I asked you to sum up your feelings today, looking back at the whole Star Wars experience, if I asked you to sum that up in one word, what word first comes to mind? If there's anything the Star Wars experience has been for me, it's unpredictable. I remember was the Return of the Jedi one, where they're just like, Leonard Moulton's like, George, we're so hungry for Star Wars. What are you doing? I want to make some more. I'm going to do it. I don't know. Maybe 1998 could be 99. I don't know. Well, um... I am. I'm working on the the next three films, and and it's it's. Uh, um, uh, I am in the process of writing the three screenplays now, and it takes a while to write to write the screenplays. It to uh, to write the first Star Wars took me about two years, so I'm writing three scripts at once. It won't take that long, but um, uh, it takes a long time to prep them, and uh, hopefully we'll have one finished uh, for '98. If not, it'll be '99. But um, uh, I had to know where Darth Vader came from. I had to know what his relationship to Luke was. I had to know how Ben Kenobi figured in all of this. Um, you know, and I had to realize that there were, you know, I had to understand that there were twins. And the whole arc of the story in the, in the three that are out there now is really the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. And so the first three are really, that I'm writing now, are really about Anakin Skywalker. So now you have a redemption of somebody that you don't really even know. He's just always in a black suit. But you don't know how he fell from grace and the, the trauma that went through to get him to there. And then his son brings him back. But it's, um, you know, and the real story hasn't even been told yet. Well, now 
we know he was already writing Phantom Menace then, right? Oh yeah. Things were things were moving and grooving. He's such a tease. Old GL. That was the time. That was the hot time. There were t-shirts with these ugly face <laughs> designs. Insta- I had the Yoda one. It's true. Yeah, how come we don't get shirts with DVD covers on them anymore? <laughs> like, you know how they may have the like the cheap Blu-rays where they like put two different movies on one Blu-ray? Like, I want t-shirts of that where it's like two two different movies on one t-shirt. Well, there was some Star Wars animated stuff that came out after that, but let's move on to 1997, specifically August 26, 1997, when all three of the special editions came out on VHS. All with behind-the-scenes intros on all of them. The cassettes either came in the silver box for widescreen or the gold box for pan and scan. I bought it again in the silver box. I was at that point I was like, I would only I will only watch special edition because that is what George Lucas wants me to watch. There's no CG Jabba in the in the old one. <laughs> I had to get the new stuff. Yeah. In 1977. Producer-director George Lucas created the Star Wars trilogy and changed the way we looked at movies. Now, 20 years later, using new digital technology, Lucas and his creative teams at Lucasfilm, THX, Skywalker Sound, and Industrial Light & Magic have completely restored, enhanced, and added to these classic movies to create the Star Wars trilogy special edition. Stand by. Now, sit back and get ready to experience George Lucas's definitive vision with the first installment of the Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition. But again, everybody had those tapes. Everybody had the Special Edition tapes. And you could tell how sophisticated someone was by what color their box set was when you'd go to their house. <laughs> if, you were, if you were over at someone's house and you looked over and they had the gold tapes, uh, I'm sorry, I have to leave. Yeah. Dinner looks wonderful, but I, I, I just have to go. Taxi! Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let, let's jump forward to 2000, specifically April of 2000, when we get... The Phantom Menace on VHS in a big old giant box with a little mini edition of the art book, a film cell, fake film cell, like Qui-Gon fighting Darth Maul or something. What a glorious, amazing time that April of 2000. What if you could share every moment again? Share it all with your family on video. We haven't much time. Episode one, the one to own. For some reason, I didn't, I don't think I bought that when it came out. And I don't know why. (gasps) I don't know why. I don't know what was wrong with me. Unless I just didn't have a VCR hooked up anymore. And I was like, well, I'll just wait for the DVD. It's, it's going to be here in no time. It's probably what I thought. Well, the tape just came out. I'll just wait for the DVD. (laughs) Little did I know. (laughs) I just... I just looked behind me and I realized I have my box sitting right here and you open up the box and it's a picture of of Naboo of the waterfalls of Naboo. I I, I have it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I got it for like $3 and it was had never oh. been opened. So 
maybe I made the smart choice and waited because yeah, that thing is amazing. I I missed out the first time, but I'm glad that I have it now. I just pulled out my VHS tape and it stopped like in the middle. I'm really curious to put it in and see. <laughs> Last time I watched on VHS, where I was like, okay, I have to stop now. <laughs> Yeah, so one interesting thing with the Phantom Menace VHS and Laserdisc that came out was that they were both the, the theatrical cut, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know at the time that that was the last time to get the theatrical cut, but yeah, that was the the version shown in theaters. And by the time we get to a year later in 2001 when we get the DVD, that it was a different cut of the film and pretty much the cut that we are still getting to today yes yeah, so then october 16th 2001 so long after it came out in theaters we get the dvd of the phantom menace now much like that giant laser disc set from before this was a turning point for several reasons because this was the beginning of star wars on dvd can you even believe it we're in the future but also the bonus features on the phantom menace dvd were some of the best bonus features ever seen. We never had bonus features like this before, of this quality. No, because there was a whole disc just for bonus features. And we got you know an hour-long documentary about the making of the movie, deleted scenes. Were there multiple commentaries? Or was this, it was one commentary, but it was cutting between multiple people. Well, and just the beginning, the beginning documentary. It's still legendary. Well, it's kind of Star Wars home releases kind of became their own thing. As much as it was cool and exciting to have the films to watch at home, with Phantom Menace, it really cemented the idea that the Star Wars home video release, it's almost like getting the movie is just bonus, and you're getting all this incredible making of behind-the-scenes stuff that may take you a whole day to watch that stuff. And just getting the movie at home is just the icing on the cake. And for years after that, that was a Star Wars home video release was it was a thing that was almost bigger than just the movie. I mean, it had George Lucas commentary. That was huge. Yeah, I, That DVD is still an amazing moment. And the day that it came out, I went and bought it early in the morning as soon as the store opened. And I got a whole box of Krispy Kremes, ate it immediately passed out in the afternoon slept until about four o'clock got up started watching more phantom menace so yeah my roommate at the time had a i think had recently just like bought a new stereo with surround sound and subwoofer and everything and we would just put the pod race on over and over again just to, just to listen to it in three days expect more from dvd star wars episode one the critics agree the best behind the scenes documentary i have ever seen star wars episode one on dvd october 16th well and we got so excited we totally forgot that in 2000 around the same time as the phantom menace vhs was the original trilogy re-released again with cover art that matched the Phantom Menace cover art, and they had behind the scenes little featurette about Attack of the Clones, a full two movies, be- two years before the movie came out, where it's like Joel Egerton and Bonnie Peace talking about playing Owen and Baru. So of course I bought that too. It's like oh, it looks like I'm buying the Star Wars movies again. 
And that was it for Star Wars on VHS and Laserdisc. Those were the last times the films were ever released in that those formats. The end of an era. Because, yeah, then going into 2002, continuing the tradition with The Phantom Menace, we had Attack of the Clones on DVD with even more incredible bonus features. And it looked absolutely phenomenal on DVD. On November 12th, Huda Man, Yoda Man. <laughs> Buddha Man, Yoda Man. When you can bring home the ultimate Jedi Master in the biggest lightsaber-wielding adventure ever. Star Wars, Episode 2, Yoda the Man. Available on DVD and VHS. Rated PG. And you got to see Sweetheart. Finally, the world got to see the Sweetheart deleted scene. Nakitula. <sighs> she couldn't adapt, but we adapted to Star Wars on Digital on DVD with no problems. And in 2002 also, towards the end of the year, was the incredible, bizarre R2-D2 Beneath the Dome mockumentary that was released on DVD, which one day we'll do a whole episode about because it's absolutely incredible. Then 2004, we've got the Star Wars trilogy on DVD, the box set. This was... Another major moment. This holiday, the Star Wars trilogy is now on DVD for the very first time. Wonderful. You can be a part of the adventure in all three movies, plus a bonus fourth disc. This holiday, you can bring the force to your DVD collection. The Star Wars trilogy. I will never forget this because I was actually in Thailand for two weeks. And the day I came back was the day it came out. And I had already planned on like... I had like two or three more days off of work to like adjust to the time change. So I literally, I think we got back from the airport and on the way home, we went to Best Buy so I could buy the DVD set. And then I went home and in between drifting in and out of sleep as I tried to flip my uh, get over jet lag, I watched everything on that DVD set in like two days. It was the best, one of the best weekends of my life. <laughs> I kind of remember that because I remember being like... I think Gabe just got back from Thailand and he was like, don't worry. I got the star Wars DVDs. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I remember going to Best Buy in the morning. I was freaking out. They had like a star Wars on DVD t-shirt. And I was like, give me one of those too. I don't know what's going on. I'll buy it. What else you got? Also in 2004, as if that wasn't enough, Lucasfilm and 20th century Fox released a double DVD, both on one disc of the Ewok films. We could ride that ride that wave. Let's keep it going. It goes for so much money. Does it still go in for a ton of money like on eBay? I feel like the last time we looked. I think so, because I think I saw it at Half Price Books once, and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy it. And then I looked, and it was like $70 or something. Oh wow. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't really need it that bad. Wow. Do you have that? Do you have the, the Ewok DVD? No, I don't. I <gasps> I missed out. There's. It was one of those things. It's like the... Where I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just get that later when it's on sale or something. And then it just went out of print. No, you have it, don't you? I sure do. I do. I do. <sighs> so also around this time, some Ewoks and Droids cartoons were released on DVD. Notable for the Droids cartoons, these are the the bizarre Ben Burt supercuts of the Droids cartoon, which we've talked about at length in the past, where he went and recut a bunch of Mungo Baobab episodes into like the Baobab archives or some bizarre things that no one understands still to this day so moving on to 2005 may 22nd on the fox channel phantom menace airs for the first time on television 
Did you watch it when it was on TV that first time? Do you remember? I did not. No, I have no memory of that. I don't think I had cable then. Gen D Clone Wars also come out in 2005. Yeah, there's kind of a theme of the mid-2000s DVD releases that came out and have now been whisked away to the world between worlds and you can't get them anymore unless you travel back in time between the Ewoks DVD and the those original Clone Wars DVDs. Well, and a real forgotten gem that came out in 2005 was Star Wars A Musical Journey. Yes. Which was a DVD that came with the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack, which is incredible. It's Ian McDermott in like the recording studio for the score for Revenge of the Sith. Hello, I'm Ian McDermott. Let's talk about Star Wars music. Here's the Imperial March. What a good tune. So good. Yeah, we may we may end up doing an episode on that someday because it's, it's very special. Especially if you watch it straight through, because you can tell they kind of ran out of stuff to to do, and, and it starts getting weirder and weirder as it goes on. Remember the Jawas? Here's a song that played when the Jawas first appeared. <laughs> on November 1st, 2005, Revenge of the Sith comes out. Now, Revenge of the Sith on DVD, it's a real nice DVD, but I was a little disappointed because there's that within a minute documentary, but that within a minute is no beginning and it's no from puppets to pixels or sound movies are not released. They escaped. Revenge of the Sith didn't have like the incredible bonus features that one and two did. It's kind of the same thing. Like I've said with the movie attack, attack of the clones was so over the top that revenge of the Sith was kind of not, it wasn't attack of the clones and the same with the DVDs. Like there was so much stuff. Yeah. on attack of the clones of revenge of the Sith on its own would be an incredible DVD set, but compared to the other ones, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, this is it. I need more. As for Walmart, there was a weird story of Star Wars DVD that came with Revenge of the Sith. In December 2005, like the second edition of the Jendi Clone Wars came out on DVD. Now, moving forward to 2006, this is a really interesting thing because here we go with September 2006. You've got the Star Wars trilogy coming out again in single discs, not in the box set, on DVD. And each one of them came with that unaltered version. And people were losing their minds. I was a giant snob, and I was like, I'm not buying those. And I never did. (laughs) I I never bought them because I was just like, why why would I get those? I already have the good versions. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I bought those. I don't remember why, because I think I remember thinking I don't need to buy that. And something happened and I bought them. And I don't remember why, but I guess I'm glad I do because <laughs> there's just something about having a squished tiny version of the Laserdisc on a DVD. <laughs> which, which is funny because they, they made the big deal about saying they were unaltered. But the films are the, they're the 1993 Laserdisc versions. Like, if you dug out, like, that old 1982 Star Wars tape and compared it to the unaltered DVD, there's a ton of differences. But it's not the special edition, and for a lot of people, that's all that matters. You know, it doesn't have Rontos and Jabba's and stuff. Well, I mean, with all of this, it's the same thing with the theatrical movies. It's like, well, I I want the original version that I watched when I was a kid. But it's like, well, what version did you watch at home when you were a kid? There's a whole bunch of different ones. So, Well, and that's kind of like what we're saying through all this. Like, through all of this, your original version is the one you watched the most probably at home. That's your version. 
for some people, their version is the special edition. You know, there's a lot of people that don't even care. Like, would they change? Oh, well, whatever. And then there's people of a certain age that are like, I want it to see it the way it was when I was 10, you know? It's fun to see the home video versions are just as all over the place as the theatrical ones of they're all a little different. They all have their their changes and subtle variations. <laughs> the extra fun thing with the unaltered one, which drove everybody nuts, was it was the f- like 4-3 aspect ratio with baked in letterbox bars version of the laser disc put on the DVD. So depending on how your TV was, it would put the black bars at the top because it thought it was a widescreen anamorphic DVD. And then you would just see a little, you'd have bars on all, <laughs> on all four sides of the movie. <laughs> it drove people nuts. So moving on from there, there was the, the Clone Wars film. Uh, came out in November 2008. And then, well, kind of around that time in like 2009, you started getting a lot of Clone Wars on on DVD, Clone Wars Season 1. And those Clone Wars sets are awesome. A lot of the bonus features are on YouTube. They're great. Like if you like at home are going through like Disney Plus and watching the Clone Wars at home, Look up some of those bonus features on video because they did a behind the scenes thing for just about every single episode with like Henry Gilroy and Dave Filoni and all those people just breaking down everything they did. Okay, moving on. 2011, September 2011. What a day. What a moment. The Star Wars complete saga on Blu ray. Well, it was kind of the same with DVD. Blu ray wasn't a real thing until Star Wars came out. And they took their sweet time (laughs) releasing it on Blu-ray, too. Deleted scenes for the first time. Luke building the lightsaber, the Wampa attack, Granny X-Wing pilot. Extra Maydeen in the chair scenes. All all the treasures were finally released. I had a friend of mine who, I won't name names because there was... Highly, he could have been fired for what he did, but he worked at a place where he had an advanced copy of it. And the Friday before it came out, he was just like, hey, dude, I've got something for you. And he's like, don't tell anyone. And so I had it the Friday before it came out. Do you remember that? And I think I called you. My daughter was two years old. And I remember my wife, they left. They went to like her grandparents' house. And so I was in my house by myself with the Star Wars Blu-ray set. And I remember I was like, God itself came down into like my living room through my TV. I was having a religious experience watching those deleted scenes. I know I called you, didn't I? I was like, I'm I'm watching the Blu-rays. You're never going to believe it. Yeah, I I think you did. And I don't. I think I don't really remember what you said because I think you were delirious, <laughs> just tr- trying to describe all those deleted scenes. How many? How many donuts did you buy for that one? I didn't. I didn't even eat anything. It's like I'll, I'll immediately vomit. Oh God! It was those Blu-rays are still actually. I love the weirdo bonus features on them. Maybe you want to watch the Greedo Head in 360 for an hour, and then Lauren Peterson comes on and talks some nonsense. They're really great. If you watch those bonus features just straight through from beginning to end, it's wild. Yeah, and I just realized, because I haven't got around to buying the digital versions of them, but Richie was showing me today, if you 
get the digital versions of the movies from the box set, that Blu-ray set, all those special features are come on the digital version. And if you watch it on your iPad or your phone or a tablet or something, a lot of those special features are even cooler because like when there's concept art and stuff, instead of like scrolling through concept art on your TV, you can actually scroll through them on your iPad and zoom in and, and all that kind of stuff, which is really pretty cool. The future from nine years ago. So 2012, we had more Clone Wars coming out. 2013, there are like those weird like steel books that came out with the Emperor's face on Return of the Jedi and all that stuff. That was weird. Did you ever buy those? No, I I thought about it because Revenge of the Sith just had General Grievous's face on it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, when am I going to get a DVD with just General Grievous's face on it? But then I think it's one of those things. I was like, well, if I buy that one, then I should buy the one with Palpatine's face. But then I should buy the other one, and I just didn't get them. We're we're inching closer to like the Force Awakens coming out, and there were all these like repacks of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And Rebels was starting to come out on DVD and Blu-ray. And there was a thousand, like, Lego new Yoda Chronicles and whatever the heck those are. Yeah, it seems like the mid-2010s, what is that, 2011 through, there was kind of a explosion of Star Wars video stuff with, yeah, Clone Wars, Rebels, all the kids stuff, the different versions of the box set. Well, and then finally uh, in... April 2016, Force Awakens comes out on Blu-ray and and everything, and everybody got it. Everybody wanted it, but it was. I remember it was kind of just like, oh, so we're not getting like those documentaries anymore. The Force Awakens spell was broken a little bit when the DVD came out because yeah, we were so spoiled by the previous three movies just being packed with stuff, and they're not being commentary, and the there was the documentary but it wasn't really a documentary it was more just like promotional interviews but there was three seconds of g897 walking which which made any disappointment disappear into thin air as you watched his little robot legs moving rogue one came out in march 2017 on blu-ray well, and then things finally on March 27th, 2018, The Last Jedi on Blu-ray, which was kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. I mean, we've talked about it at length, but the director and the Jedi and everything on that disc, that's, it was like, this is, this is like what things used to be with Star Wars video. Yeah, the director and the Jedi is, it's up there with the beginning and Empire Dreams, the big ones. Where they get, you know, they get down and dirty and you really see them making the movie. The only thing, though, remember, there's still, there's the at least the one deleted scene of R2 with the Porgs, I think, that we've never, we've never gotten. But there was a lot of good stuff on that one. Solo came out in September 2018. That was kind of like the Rogue One disc. It was fine, but nothing crazy. Then that brings us up to where now we're in this new age of streaming star wars films you don't have to get the the disc out of the package we've got these glorious looking 4k versions of the star wars films and we all know the mcclunky what's going on with these are there's changes galore i think was it over on the digital bits yeah they keep uh updating that with uh they got a guy that's going through them all and finding all the little 
little things here and there that are slightly different. They're new versions. They're they're possibly the final special editions of the of the Star Wars films, but it's not really Star Wars on video unless there's at least a wipe removed or something slightly different. <laughs> well, and and then in in just a matter of weeks, The Rise of Skywalker will be out and there's the the colossal Skywalker saga box set coming out. Now, now have you reserved pre-reserved the Rise of Skywalker yet on any kind of digital or home physical format or anything? No. <laughs> but I but I will. I it, it, that, that even really has nothing to do with Rise of Skywalker because I always forget now. I think when Solo came out, I forgot <laughs> until like the day of and I was driving all over trying to get the one that came with the little art book. So hopefully I'll remember to, to pre-order it. Did you? Yeah, I've got it. I've got it pre-reserved. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the what they say feature length documentary on the making. I want to see what what's up with that. Yeah, I will. Well, and it's actually kind of nice now with the art book in that coming out the same day, which is my actual birthday. So I can't complain. I want to get the physical copy too, and I that's kind of a way to wrap this whole thing up too because I've got physical copies of all the other ones, and there's just something about having. Like we said in the beginning, a version of these movies that you can touch. And even if you never get out the disc, even if you only watch it on like Disney Plus or something or like your digital download version of the movie or whatever, because Grant, every, that's easier. That's why that's so popular. It's incredibly easy to watch a movie that way. But there's something to having it on the shelf and they're your stories. You can look at the shelf and just be like, I have my stories. Yeah, I can't imagine there ever being a theatrical Star Wars release and not having some physical version of it to to hold and to look at, even if I never actually... It's like the Laserdiscs. I have the Laserdiscs. I don't have a way to play them. <laughs> but I just I want to have them there for when the aliens come and they want to know about the good stuff. I can give them those. It's a long, wild, and fascinating history of Star Wars on video. We asked on Twitter and Facebook a while back, like what everyone's own personal Star Wars video is, because that's the thing. You know, like I said, everyone has their version. That's their gateway into the universe. Maybe it was the Faces version. Maybe it was the special editions. But everyone's got their own connection to the Star Wars saga. I don't know. And yeah, what's yours? How did you get into the the Star Wars saga? Let us know. We'd love to hear it. What VHS or what DVD or Laserdisc or Betamax sucked you in? This will be your last chance to own the original version of Star Wars. The George Lucas masterpiece that launched the Star Wars trilogy. The Force is forever, for all generations. The original Star Wars trilogy on video, one last time. Hey, what's up? 
up, Jason and Gabe? It's uh, Taylor Gray, uh, excuse me, Ezra Bridger here, Spectre 6, uh, reporting into Blast Points Podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, may the force be with you. See you guys. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. All right, so Apple Podcast Reviews. We have got a bunch that we are going to read very, very soon. If you've, if you've written one, if you left one on Apple Podcasts, thank you. We're going to read your, yours real soon. But you listening, if you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, go over there, write a little something nice, and we will read yours very, very soon. And it helps the show in magical, cloning, Sith magic ways that maybe will be explained in the Apple Podcast novelization one day. And after that, check us out on BlastPointsPodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and if you're on Facebook, join the Super Chill Group. It's a 24-hour Star Wars party over there on the Chill Group. Yeah, people are already posting pictures of their original, what home video version got them into Star Wars. What are their favorites? Keep the party train going. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army over there on Patreon, where just last weekend we had our first Clone Wars review episode over there for A Distant Echo. And every weekend we're going to be having Clone Wars recaps, reviews for all the new episodes of Season 7. Look for those on sometime in the afternoon on Saturdays, most likely. If all goes well, <laughs> there will be <laughs> a Clone Wars episode for you every Saturday. Well, that about wraps up episode number 208 here. History of Star Wars on video. It's a long, strange trip. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week, episode 209. What's happening? Who knows? We'll think of something. <laughs> so, until then, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. George, as you know, people are just nuts for these movies, <laughs> and to learn so much about them and what went into them and what inspired you is, is a real treat. No, well, thank you. It's fun. I hope that people continue to enjoy the films because um, it's, it's nice to think of them as being timeless. May the force be with all.